This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Enchanted Island of You by L. Frank Baum. Read by Ted DeLorme in Fort Mill, South Carolina, October 2006. Chapter 12 The Gift of Beauty. The following morning, Marvel and Nurl once more set out to leave the kingdom of Spore and its ugly king. They selected another pathway leading from the castle and traveled all day, coming at nightfall into view of the place whence they had started, with its solemn rows of giants and gray men standing ready to receive them. This repetition of their former experience somewhat annoyed the prince while Nurl's usually despondent face wore a smile. "'I see trouble ahead,' murmured the esquire, almost cheerfully. "'Since the king cannot conquer us by force, he intends to do it by sorcery.' Marvel did not reply, but greeted the king quietly, while Terebus welcomed their return as calmly as if he well knew they could not escape him. That evening the prince made another pass toward the king with his hand, and muttered again the magic word. Nurl was watching, and saw the upper eye of Terebus glide still farther down his forehead, and the other eye move again toward the left. The swaying nose shrank to a few inches in length, and the skin that had once been so brilliantly crimson turned to a dull red color. This time the courtiers and ladies-in-waiting also noticed the change in the king's features, but were afraid to speak of it, as any reference to their monarch's personal appearance was by law punishable by death. Terebus saw the startled looks directed upon him, and raised his hand to feel of his nose and eyes. But thinking that if any change in his appearance had taken place, he must be uglier than before. He only frowned and turned away his head. The next day the king's guests made a third attempt to leave his dominions, but met with no better success than before, for a long and tedious ride only brought them back to their starting place in the evening. This time Prince Marvel was really angry, and striding into the king's presence he reproached him bitterly, saying, why do you prevent us from leaving your kingdom? We have not injured you in any way. You have seen me, returned Terebus calmly, and I do not intend you shall go back to the world and tell people how ugly I am. The prince looked at him and could not repress a smile. The two eyes of the king, having been twice removed from their first position, were now both in his forehead instead of below it, and one was much higher than the other. And the nose, although small when compared to what it had been, still resembled an elephant's trunk. Other changes had been made for the better, but Terebus was still exceedingly repulsive to look upon. 
Seeing the prince look at him and smile, the king flew into a fury of anger, and declared that the stranger should never, while they lived, be permitted to leave his castle again. Prince Marvel became thoughtful at this, reflecting that the king's enmity all arose from his sensitiveness about his ugly appearance, and this filled the youthful knight with pity rather than resentment. When they had all assembled at the evening banquet, the prince for a third time made a mystic pass at the king and whispered a magic word, and behold, this time the charm was complete, for the two front eyes of Terebus fell into their proper places. His nose became straight and well-formed, and his skin took on a natural healthy color. Moreover, he now had a fine head of soft brown hair, with eyebrows and eyelashes to match, and his head was shapely and in proportion to his body. As for the eye that had formerly been in the back of his head, it had disappeared completely. So amazed were the subjects of the transformed king, who was now quite handsome to look upon, that they began to murmur together excitedly, and something in the new sensations he experienced gave to the king's face likewise an expression of surprise. Knowing from their pleased looks that he must have improved in appearance, he found the courage to raise his hand to his nose, and found it well formed. Then he touched his eyes, and realized they were looking straight out from his face, like those of other people. For some moments after making these discoveries, the king remained motionless, a smile of joy gradually spreading over his features. Then he said aloud, "'What has happened? Why do you all look so startled?' "'Your Majesty is no longer ugly,' replied Marvel laughingly, "'so that when Nerl and I leave your kingdom, we can proclaim nothing less than praise of your dignified and handsome appearance. "'Is my face indeed pleasing?' demanded the king eagerly. "'It is!' cried the assembled courtiers and ladies, as with one voice. "'Bring me a mirror,' said the king. "'I shall look at my reflection for the first time in many years.' The mirror being brought, King Terebus regarded himself for a long time, with pleased astonishment. And then, his sensitive nature being overcome by the shock of his good fortune, he burst into a flood of tears, and rushed from the room. The courtiers and ladies now bestowed many grateful thanks upon Prince Marvel for his kind deed for they realized that thereafter their lives would be safer from the king's anger, and much pleasanter in every way. "'Terribus is not bad by nature,' said one, "'but he brooded upon his ugliness so much that the least thing served to throw him into a violent passion, and our lives were never safe from one day to another.' By and by two giants entered the hall, 
and carried away the throne of grey stone where Terebus had been accustomed to sit. And other slaves brought a gorgeous throne of gold studded with precious jewels, which they put in its place. And after a time the king himself returned to the room, his simple grey gown replaced by flowing robes of purple, with rich embroideries, such as he had not worn for many years. "'My people,' said he, addressing those present with kindness and dignity, "'it seems to me fitting that a handsome king should be handsomely attired, and an ugly one clothed simply. For years I have been so terrible in feature that I dared not even look at my own image in a mirror. But now, thanks to the gracious magic of my guest, I have become like other men, and hereafter you will find my rule as kind as it was formerly cruel. Tonight, in honor of this joyous occasion, we shall feast and make merry, and it is my royal command that you all do honor and reverence to the illustrious Prince Marvel. A loud shout of approval greeted this speech, and the evening was merry indeed. Terebus joined freely in the revelry, laughing as gaily as the lightest-hearted damsel present. It was nearly morning before they all retired, and as they sought their beds, Nurl asked the prince in a voice that sounded like an ill-natured growl, "'Why did you give the king beauty after his treatment of us?' Marvel looked at the reproachful face of his esquire and smiled. "'When you are older,' said he, You'll find that often there are many ways to accomplish a single purpose. The king's ugliness was the bar to our leaving his country, for he feared our gossip. So the easiest way for us to compass our escape was to take away his reason for detaining us. Thus I conquered the king in my own way, and at the same time gained his gratitude and friendship. "'Will he allow us to depart in the morning?' inquired Nurl. "'I think so,' said Marvel. It was late when they rose from their slumbers, but having breakfasted, the prince's first act was to seek the king. "'We wish to leave your kingdom,' said he. "'Will you let us go?' Terebus grasped the hand of his guest, and pressed it with fervor, while tears of gratitude stood in his eyes. "'I should prefer that you remain with me always, and be my friend,' he answered. "'But if you choose to leave me, I shall not interfere in any way with your wishes.' Prince Marvel looked at him thoughtfully, and then said, my time on this island is short. In a few months Prince Marvel will have passed out of the knowledge of men, and his name will be forgotten. Before then I hope to visit the kingdoms of Dorna 
and Ariel and Plenta, so I must not delay, but beg you will permit me to depart at once. Very well, answered Terebus. Come with me, and I shall show you the way. He led the prince and Nurl to a high wall of rock, and placing his hand upon its rough surface, touched a hidden spring. Instantly an immense block of stone began to swing backward, disclosing a passage large enough for a man on horseback to ride through. "'This is the one road that leads out of my kingdom,' said Terebus. The others all begin and end at the castle, so that unless you know the secret of this passage, you could never escape from Spore. But where does this road lead? asked Marvel. To the kingdom of Oriel, which you desire to visit. It is not a straight road, for it winds around the land of Twy, so it will carry you a little out of your way. "'What is the land of Twy?' inquired the prince. "'A small country, hidden from the view of all travellers,' said Terebus. "'No one has ever yet found a way to enter the land of Twy. "'Yet there is a rumour that it is ruled by a mighty personage called the High Kai.' "'And does the rumour state what the High Kai of Twy is like?' "'No, indeed,' returned the king, smiling. "'So it will do you no good to be curious. "'And now farewell, and may good luck attend you. "'Yet bear in mind the fact that King Terebus of Spore "'owes you a mighty debt of gratitude, "'and if you ever need my services, "'you have but to call on me, "'and I shall gladly come to your assistance.' "'I thank you,' said Marvel. "'But there is small chance of my needing help. <laughs> "'Farewell, and may your future life be pleasant and happy.' "'With this he sprang to the saddle of his prancing charger, "'and, followed by Nurl, rode slowly through the stone arch. "'The courtiers and ladies had flocked from the palace to witness their departure,' and the giants and dwarves and grey men were drawn up in long lines to speed the king's guests. So it was a brilliant sight that Marvel and Nurl looked back on. But once they were clear of the arch, the great stone rolled back into its place, shutting them out completely from the kingdom of Spore, with its turreted castle and transformed king. End Chapter 12 Chapter 13 The Hidden Kingdom of Twy Knowing that at last they were free to roam according to their desire, the travelers rode gaily along the paths, taking but scant heed of their way. "'Our faces are set toward new adventures,' remarked the prince. "'Let us hope they will prove more pleasant than the last.' "'To be sure,' responded Nurl. "'Let us hope, at any rate, that we shall suffer more privations and encounter more trouble than we did in that mountainous kingdom of Spore.' Then he added, "'For one reason 
I regret you are my master.' "'What is that reason?' asked the prince, turning to smile upon his esquire. "'You have a way of overcoming all difficulties without any trouble whatsoever, and that deprives me of any chance of coming to harm while in your company.' "'Cheer up, my boy!' cried Marvel. "'Did I not say there are new adventures before us? "'We may not come through them so easily as we came through the others.' "'That is true,' replied Nurl. "'It is always best to hope.' "'And then he inquired, "'Why do you stop here, in, in the middle of the path?' "'Because the path has ended rather suddenly,' answered Marvel. "'Here is a thick hedge of prickly briars barring our way.' Nurl looked over his master's shoulder, and saw that a great hedge, high and exceedingly thick, cut off all prospect of their advancing. "'This is pleasant,' said he. "'But I might try to force our way through the hedge. The briars would probably prick me severely, and that would be delightful.' "'Try it.' the prince returned, with twinkling eyes. Nurl sprang from his horse to obey, but at the first contact with the briars he uttered a howl of pain and held up his hands, which were bleeding in a dozen places from the wounds of the thorns. "'Ah, that will content you for a time, I trust,' said Marvel. "'Now follow me, and we will ride along beside the hedge until we find an opening.' for either it will come to an end, or there will prove to be a way through it to the other side. So they rode alongside the hedge for hour after hour, yet it did not end, nor could they espy any way to get through the thickly matted briars. By and by night fell, and they tethered their horses to some shrubs, where there were a few scanty blades of grass for them to crop, and then laid themselves down upon the ground with bare rocks for pillows, where they managed to sleep soundly until morning. They had brought a supply of food in their pouches, and on this they breakfasted, afterward continuing their journey beside the hedge. At noon Prince Marvel uttered an exclamation of surprise, and stopped his horse. "'What is it?' asked Nurl. "'I have found the handkerchief with which you wiped the blood from your hands yesterday morning, and then carelessly dropped,' replied the prince. "'This proves that we have made a complete circle around this hedge without finding a way to pass through it.' "'In that case,' said Nurl, "'we had better leave the hedge and go in another direction.' "'Not so,' declared Marvel. The hedge encloses some unknown country, and I am curious to find out what it is. But there is no opening, remonstrated Nurl. Then we must make one. Wouldn't you like to enjoy a little more pain? Thank you, answered Nurl, but my hands are still smarting very comfortably from the pricks of yesterday. Therefore, I must make the attempt myself, said the prince, and drawing his sword, he whispered a queer word to it, and straightway began slashing at the hedge. 
the brambles fell fast before his blade and when he had cut a big heap of branches from the hedge nerle dragged them to one side and the prince began again it was marvellous how thick the hedge proved only a magic sword could have done this work and remained sharp and only a fairy arm could have proved strong enough to hew through the tough wood but the magic sword and fairy arm were at work and naught could resist them after a time the last branches were severed and dragged from the path and then the travellers rode their horses through the gap into the unknown country beyond they saw at first glance that it was a land of great beauty but after that one look both prince marvel and nerle paused and rubbed their eyes to assure themselves that their vision was not blurred before them were two trees exactly alike and underneath the trees two cows were grazing each a perfect likeness of the other at their left were two cottages with every door and window and chimney the exact counterpart of another before these two houses two little boys were playing evidently twins for they not only looked alike and dressed alike but every motion one made was also made by the other at the same time and in precisely the same way when one laughed the other laughed and when one stubbed his toe and fell down the other did likewise and then they both sat up and cried lustily at the same time at this two women it was impossible to tell one from the other rushed out of the two houses caught up the two boys shook and dusted them in precisely the same way and led them by their ears back into the houses again the astonished travellers rubbed their eyes and then prince marvel looked at nerle and said i thought at first i saw everything double but there seems to be only one of you and of you answered the boy but see there are two hills ahead of us and two paths lead from the houses over the hills oh, how strange it all is just then two birds flew by close together and perfect mates and the cows raised their heads and mooed at the same time and two men also twins came over the two hills along the two paths with two dinner pails in their hands and entered the two houses they were met at the doors by the two women who kissed them exactly at the same time and helped them off with their coats with the same motions and closed the two doors with two slams at the same instant nerle laughed <laughs> what sort of country have we got into he asked let us find out replied the prince and riding up to one of the houses he knocked on the door with the hilt of his sword instantly the doors of both houses flew open and both men appeared in the doorways both started back in amazement at the sight of the strangers and both women shrieked and both little boys began to cry both mothers boxed the children's ears and both men gasped out who who are you their voices were exactly alike and their words were spoken in unison 
Prince Marvel replied courteously, "'We are two strangers who have strayed into your country, but I do not understand why our appearance should so terrify you.' "'Why, you are singular. There is only half of each of you,' exclaimed the two men together. "'Not so,' said the prince, trying hard not to laugh in their faces. "'We may be single, while you appear to be double, but each of us is perfect, nevertheless.' "'Perfect? And only half of you?' cried the men. And again the two women, who were looking over their husbands' shoulders, screamed at the sight of the strangers, and again the two boys, who were clinging to their mother's dresses in the same positions, began to cry. "'We did not know such strange people existed,' said the two men, both staring at the strangers, and then wiping the beads of perspiration from their two brows with two faded yellow handkerchiefs. "'Nor did we,' retorted the prince. "'I assure you we are as much surprised as you are.' Nero laughed again at this, and to hear only one of the strangers speak, and the other only laugh, seemed to terrify the double people anew. So Prince Marvel quickly asked, "'Please tell us what country this is.' "'The land of Twy,' answered both men together. "'Oh, the land of Twy. And why is the light here so dim?' continued the prince. "'Dim?' repeated the men, as if surprised. "'Why, this is twilight, of course.' "'Of course,' said Nerle. Ah, "'I hadn't thought of that. "'We are in the long-hidden land of Twy, "'which all men have heard of, but no man has found before.' "'And who may you be?' questioned the prince, "'looking from one man to the other curiously. "'The uh, Twys,' they answered. "'Twice?' "'Twys, inhabitants of Twy.' "'It's the same thing,' laughed Nerle. "'You see everything twice in this land.' "'Are none of your people single?' asked Prince Marvel. "'Single?' returned the men, as if perplexed. "'We don't understand.' "'Are you all double, or are some of you just one?' said the prince, who found it difficult to put his question plainly. "'What does one mean?' asked the men. "'There is no such word as one in our language.' "'They have no need of such a word,' declared Nerle. "'We are only poor laborers,' explained the men. "'But over the hills lie the cities of Twy, where the Kai and the Kai-Kai dwell, and also the High-Kai.' "'Ah,' said Marvel, "'I've heard of your High-Kai.' "'Who is he?' The men shook their heads, together and with the same motion. "'We have never seen this glorious high kai,' they answered. "'The sight of their faces is forbidden. None but the kai and the kai kai has seen the supreme rulers and high kai.' "'I'm getting mixed,' said Nerle. "'All this about the kai and the kai kai and the high kai,' Ah, makes me dizzy. Let's go on to the city and explore it. That is a good suggestion, replied the prince. Goodbye, my friends, he added, addressing the men. They both bowed, 
and although they still seemed somewhat frightened, they answered him civilly, and in the same words, and closed their doors at the same time. So Prince Marvel and Nurl rode up the double path to the hills, and the two cows became frightened and ran away with the same swinging step, keeping an exact space apart. And when they were a safe distance, they both stopped, looked over their right shoulders, and mooed at the same instant. End chapter 13. The story continues on the next file.